1: All right, people, it is May 30th, 2023, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble YouTube and locals. Did we skip our cold open today? We skipped our cold open. I don't know why. There may have been some sort of technical problem. We will deal with it later in our team meeting. Uh, But we got a big show for you. Remember, guys, we are two days away from Pride Month. And by the end of Pride Month, June, which is Pride Month, by the end of Pride Month, if you and everyone that you know is not trans, you will be sent to the gulag. Okay, that's how it's going to be. If your penis is not a vagina by the end of June, that's that. We've got to take you out. That's how it's going to be in America And that sort of, in a bizarre sense, has a little bit to do with what we are doing today because uh, the woke corporations are completely out of control. They ain't going to stop, but we are hitting them and it's kind of working. So we're going to be talking about the rise and fall of woke capitalism here in America and how the corporate media goes through hell and back to defend these corporations. But alas, people, there are some people fighting them you're fighting them. The people boycott and Bud Light are fighting them. The people boycott and Target are fighting them. This guy, Ron DeSantis is fighting them and much more. And anyway, I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Took a little time to remember the the people we lost who uh, fought for our freedom. So we get to do silly things like I do for a living. And uh, we actually had our first, uh, one little, little side note, uh, we had our first hospital adventure with the boys on Thursday night. Luke was... Uh, vomiting pretty profusely went a little pale took him to the hospital he's okay uh, apparently it was some bad yogurt maybe we're not even sure but he was totally fine little drama uh, but it kind of puts things in uh, in perspective and uh, oh and uh, speaking of uh, memorial day which obviously it was i wanted to ask the guys because it's tuesday today how many people were shot in chicago that was a hell of a segue. I don't know how I did that segue right there, but I wanted to ask the guys, how many people were shot in Chicago? Uh, 53 people were shot in Chicago. And still, as of right now, the uh, NAACP has not given any travel advisory to Illinois or the city of Chicago. Very bizarre. Anyway, as you can see, we're gonna be packing in a lot. So let's just get right into it. The, the under theme, meaning the major theme lately has been politics, DeSantis, Trump, all that stuff. But the sort of secondary theme uh, right beneath that lately has been that there has been some serious pushback against woke corporations, which you have to love because it shows that you, the person with the pocket, the guy who goes out and makes choices in what you buy and what you give your attention to and your hard-earned dollars and all of those things, you have a little bit of capacity to change the system. Uh, you guys know Kevin O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary, of course, investor from Shark Tank. We've played a couple clips of him uh, over the years. Uh, he was given, a—I believe this is from CNBC, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, he, yeah, CNBC, Fox. am I right? I'm sorry, this is on Fox Business, uh, talking about how the corporations like Anheuser-Busch, which of course owns Bud Light, and the other ones that are going woke, they are uh, paying a price and it is good that they are.
2: Well, Bud Light um, has become the poster boy for brand mismanagement from multiple perspectives. So let, let me lay it out for you, because th- these th- the discussions that have arisen and the narrative that's arisen around Bud Light is probably a good lesson for every CEO in every sector of the economy. Number one, it highlights the power of social media. This this issue went viral in 48 hours. Yeah. And most often when an issue goes viral like that, it burns out in another 48 hours. But that's not what happened here. The story and narrative changed to sales. And so people that did not like the message, regardless of where you stand on these social issues or gender narrative or whatever, They took it out by basically boycotting the product Mm. immediately yeah, and switching preference to other brands that did not make them get involved in this issue. Now, if you're trying to manage that and trying to learn something from it, and I certainly talked to all my CEOs about this because here we are talking about it in its second month. Yeah, This is a nightmare from hell for the brand. So when you go into gender narrative on a beer which is primarily consumed by men, maybe you should have thought a little bit about that in reading that room. Maybe you should say, well, does this really
1: fit my consumer's psyche? He's got a, a way of laying it out pretty cleanly. It's interesting because yes, beer tends to be drank more by men than women. For decades and decades, it was marketed directly Two men, you may remember the clip that we played last week where I just so happened to be watching an old Tonight Show from around 1975, and they've got Ed McMahon doing a live read in the middle of the Tonight Show for Budweiser, and it's about watching a game and eating a sandwich, and then flash forward 40 some odd years, and they've got Dylan Mulvaney, this trans man, whatever, potentially with a wang. I'm not gonna have anyone Google it today. Uh, You know, doing you a solid today. you can see how these things have shifted. And I would say not in the uh, right direction, but it's interesting also because what O'Leary's saying is they might've wanted to think about this first. Now I think they did think about it first. We've played you the videos of that VP of marketing at Anheuser-Busch who was saying how embarrassed she was basically by their clientele, right? She was saying it was always marketed towards guys like frat boys, but that's not really what we're into. and. At the end of the day, I'm fairly certain that if you're hired at a beer company, your job is to sell beer, not to socially engineer the people who are buying the beer. And that is the problem, but we've got some results from this. Uh, It's not even an official boycott, right? As far as I know, there's no organization behind it. This is just actually a grassroots boycott of Bud Light and it is crushing them. This is from NBC. Sales of Bud Light continue to plummet, reflecting ongoing backlash to the brand's decision to hire transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney as a spokesperson. According to data cited by the beverage industry trade publication Beer Business Daily, Sales volumes of Bud Light for the week ending May 13th sank 28.4%, extending a downward trend from the 27.7% decline seen the week before. That's massive, that is massive. And a little bit more here, because now this is bleeding into some other companies. This is from the New York Post. Target loses 10 billion in 10 days as stocks fall following boycott over LGBTQ-friendly Kids' clothing. Uh, I hate, I hate, as you know, I hate that phrase. This grouping of people, LGBTQ. I don't even know what Q is. I don't know what Two Spirit is or any of that. But the T's are rabidly against the LG's and the B's, and people need to stop combining those things. We'll have more on the target side of things uh, in just a sec. But now I will do CB Distillery. Uh, you guys know that after I tore my ACL, I tried every solution there was. Out of all the remedies, CBD from CB Distillery was incredibly helpful, given how much pain relief it brought to my ACL. It's not fixed, but it doesn't hurt as much. CB Distillery has over 2 million satisfied customers with 90% of them reporting that they sleep better with CBD, 81% saying they have a reduction in stress thanks to their CBD, and 80% of them saying their aches and pains are relieved from their CBD after physical activity. So if you struggle with sleep, stress, pain, or if you're just frustrated with a health concern that's not getting better, try CBD from the source I trust, CBDistillery.com. Let me get you on the right path with the 20% off discount. Visit CBDistillery.com. Enter my name, Dave, for your discount. No prescription required. CBDistillery.com. Promo code Dave for 20% off. And now back to me. So, okay, Target, which is a store that you go to when you need a bunch of random crap. Do you need a big television? Do you need a toothbrush? Do you need uh, off-market shoes? And do you need a frozen pizza? Let's go to Target. Uh, Well, they're also big on pushing all of this LGBT Pride Month stuff. Now, as I often say, I'm not against the L's and the B's and the G's. My husband's one of them, okay? I accept these people. It's just fine. The problem is that the T's are attacking those people. They're also, the T's are also attacking the women, right? Because they want biological men to beat the crap out of women in women's boxing and a whole bunch more. But also they are marketing this stuff towards children. So I want to be very, very clear about this. This is not about how any adult chooses to live their life. They are putting in children's sections things on how young boys can tuck Do you know what that is? It's fairly unpleasant, actually. It's literally so that they can tuck their genitals so they don't appear to be a boy. This is what they are marketing towards children. So parents have now seen these uh, displays in Target. By the way, at our local Target here, I don't know if you guys have been there. I did not see any of this. I don't know if that's a Florida thing or they just checked out the local marketing or whatever, but I did not see it here. Uh, I was at Target over the weekend. I had to pick up a prescription, which I will switch to, uh, to CBS as soon as possible. But anywho... Um, there is some blowback now. And Target's paying the price. Here's video from NBC reporting that Target is in a bit of trouble.
3: A controversy over Pride Month products is causing headaches for retail giant Target. It says safety is behind its decision to halt some sales. Miguel Almaguer explains. Tonight Target, one of the nation's largest retailers, is pulling some products that celebrate Pride
1: Month off store shelves. Citing threats to employees, the company says, Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior.
4: Okay, these are like naked people in shirts.
3: The retailer removing LGBTQ brand App Prowlin from their stores and website, whose products featured satanic themes. Target also reportedly reviewing its adult
1: collection of tuck-friendly swimsuits that allows trans people who have not had gender-affirming operations to conceal their private parts. Those items have been at the
3: center of misinformation.
1: Those items have been at the center of misinformation. Again, this is about kids. This stuff is always pushed in kids' sections. Also, you might be wondering why they would have... Let's put aside the LGBTQ two-spirit stuff for just a sec. Let's just say we're all good with that. Why do they have... They literally had a satanic trans person as the lead designer, all of this. And so they were putting satanic messages that you could buy. They had little uh, little gems and things and things on the shirts, satanic messages for the children. Is that a problem? Like what in God's name is going on here? But of course what they're doing, first off, NBC calls it misinformation you know, whatever. But what they're also doing is they're playing the victim. Oh, we're removing this stuff because people were trying to be mean to us. They were saying mean things and threatening our employees. There were no threats. This is complete nonsense. What they are threatened by is that their bottom dollar is being hit, right? $10 billion loss of your stock. That might be a reason to change course. And that's also the beauty when people themselves make choices and you stop funding the organizations that are working against your values. Then they turn around, but they don't wanna say that, like, oh, actually, maybe this wasn't the best idea and we shouldn't be pushing this tucking nonsense on children. Uh, they were, oh, well, it's because those crazy ultra-maga people, I have no doubt, We're actually coming to hurt our employees, just nonsense. But if you want to see how deep this stuff is, and this is what you have to understand because you might be watching this, and I think the average person watches this stuff and they're like, why why is it? It doesn't make sense. When I've been to these stores uh, in other targets and, and other stores like this, there's never anyone buying any of this stuff, right? There's never anyone in those sections. You never see anyone wearing any of this stuff. So the question is, why is it there? And it has much more to do with how these organizations are set up, the diversity, equity, inclusion groups that are in there, ESG, and more, than whether they have a desire to make a profit. And that is a problem. This is video of Target CEO Brian Cornell explaining that it is his mission. Now, I thought the mission of a Target CEO would be to sell as much crap as possible so the Target stock price goes up, so the shareholders are happy, you put out a product, you make some money, you go home, but no, his mission is to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion.
5: Some of the companies that I've worked with, whether it's Target today or in the past working for PepsiCo, mm. you know, that common thread was recognizing that diverse and inclusive environments deliver great results. Yeah. And I've always tried to ensure that our leadership team, our organization reflected the consumer we serve and when you get that equation right it's the right thing for society it's the right thing for the team it's also the right thing for business and shareholders so i think we all have an oversized role to play right now to advance diversity and inclusion to stand next to our black leaders who need our support to make sure it's really clear in our industry and in our companies we're not going to tolerate racism and To work to make the right changes, both internally and then working as a collective group to make changes in our communities and in our country that are going to have a lasting effect.
1: Guys, he's not going to tolerate racism by hiring people based on race. He's going to literally look at skin color and gender and sexuality and hire people in exact accordance with their demographic. Oh, God, it's so terrible. Note he didn't step down. I would imagine that there's a black guy out there who's capable of being the target CEO. And yet you've got this rich white guy, Mr. Cornell. Okay, Cornell's got some cash but Cornell's going to defeat racism by hiring ex-black lesbians and white trans this and that and the other thing. Again, you know, Pete Boghossian, I, I had him on the show years ago when he was talking about this, that once you let, I don't even know that people were really fully calling it diversity, equity, and inclusion yet, but once you let this woke mind virus into the system, whatever system it's in, it will destroy the system because then you have people like CEOs of companies, again, who whose only job, his job is to grow target, to sell product, to make as many people want to buy the most amount of goods possible there, right? And then that's the beauty of capitalism because another big box store could open and then they could go, oh, there's, B- Best Buy is selling sh- TVs cheaper than we are, we better lower our prices. Then competition happens, we get more development. Like That's the beauty of the, of the whole thing. But then when you have this woke mind virus in there and you're caring more about how many black, lesbian uh, greeters you have at the store, Uh, you've got a problem because you are now not doing what your main mission is as a CEO of a company. And you might go, well, why is it that this white man, this Brian Cornell, he never seemingly did anything about this in the rest of his career, suddenly really, really cares about this sort of stuff? Well, here's Target's chief diversity and inclusion officer. Her name is Kiera Fernandez. Uh, And she's uh, pushing the white women to to get on board, because if you're not on board, Whitey, you're against us.
6: What would you
4: say is the number one thing white women could do as we talk about helping more BIPOC women rise into leadership? What's the one thing that white women could do to be helpful? Kira, do you want to start? I'd love to. I, I think the number one thing that... I would encourage white women to do is take the learnings that you're that you've invested uh, to better understand and use your voice.
1: Yeah, white woman, you better do what I say. Do you see how this is a hostage situation? Now, I don't know who that white woman is that she was talking to over there, but white woman in your little box up there, you must step down. Why can't you be replaced by a black lesbo? Come on, woman, what are you doing? And what the hell's a woman? These people are all completely ridiculous, but it continues, Miss Fernandez here tells all of the employees at Target, they better accept diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI, although it should really be called diversity, inclusion, and equity, DIE, because that's really what they want for the white people, uh, that if they don't get on board this woke, lunatic program, they can find another place to work.
4: It is important for us to also acknowledge that not everyone is going to believe or be bought into our strategies and our priorities on this topic. They just aren't. And so um, when we talk about leader accountability and the importance of representation and these strategies and these goals being integrated into someone's responsibility, um, like just to be really pragmatic and practical, then it becomes, okay, you don't nest, like we may not be able to change your mind shift on appreciating why this is important. But you do understand that as a part of your job responsibilities, you will lead inclusively. You will have representation on your team. You will be responsible for these behaviors, values, and expectations. And it also, quite frankly, puts a light on the folks that don't believe in this, but emphasizes that you still have to do it to do this job, to be a part of this company. And eventually... um, You'll see a change in their mindset or they may leave. And, you know, that's a part of this process, too. This isn't for everyone.
1: You guys see how evil this is? If you do not get on board their neo-racist idea set, they are saying to you, don't work here. We will push you out eventually. You know, I realized as we were watching that, when I do this show every day, I'm looking at four white people. Okay, I got four white people in front of me, two on this side of me and two on this side of me. And I have to say, frankly, it's disgusting. And I want one of you to show up in blackface tomorrow. Okay, it's the only, what? Oh, (laughs) Connor pointed that way. He'll do it, he'll do it. Sorry, Phoenix, you're gonna have to show up in blackface tomorrow. I can't look at these white people. I'm trying to do a show here and I see no diversity, equity, inclusion. I just see whiteness. The, the psychotic lunacy related to all of this, it's never going to stop. And you also must understand that the corporations, it's not just the corporations like Bud Light and, and Target, the ones that are selling you crap. And by the way, then you can find, if you want beer, you can find other places to get beer, which is exactly what Kevin O'Leary said, right? Like, just go go ahead and do that. And by the other people will capitalize on that. So that's great. Target, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to Target anymore. I have gone to Target. I bought an air fryer at Target last month. I was at Target this weekend because that's where are the, it's the closest pharmacy to us. So I had to pick up something for Luke. I'm done. I'm, I'm not gonna shop there anymore. We have to stop doing this, right? I got rid of Disney Plus. You can do something in your life. And I think that hopefully you will do something in your life. And I wonder, you know, also at Target, like they, they have Magnolia products, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines. I like those Chip, that Chip and Joanna, you know them, right? Like, are they happy about this? Like, maybe they should move their stuff somewhere else. Like, everyone has a little bit of a role to play in all this, but it's not just the corporations that are selling you the stuff like the beer companies and Target. It's also that the corporate structure when it comes to media is also designed to confuse and lie to you about absolutely everything. So here's some MSNBC contributor, I've never seen this guy before, his name's Justin Wolfers, saying that if you go after Target, you're a terrorist. When Target caves into this,
2: then it says that the moment you threaten the employees of even a very large corporation, you get to control its policies. This is economic terrorism, literally terrorism, creating fear among the workers and forcing the corporations to sell the things you want, and not sell the things you don't.
1: It's economic terrorism. If you don't shop at a place that's against your values, it's terrorism. Guess what guys, we found, he's right though. Joking aside, I wanna stop the joking, I've been a little jokey today. Uh, We did find some video of the horrific terrorism that the ultra-maga right-wing maniacs have been doing at Target. Check this video out, This this is just wild. Ah, you saw what I did there. No, that wasn't ultra-mega white supremacists who were pissed about talking. That was BLM and Antifa because they burned down Target and Pet Boy in the name of tolerance and diversity. So who else is the media calling terrorists? Well... You know, it's where I live, the people of the free state of Florida. We'll get to that in just a second. Let me talk about Phoenix Capital. You know, with banks collapsing in the turbulent state of the stock market, millions of Americans have watched their retirement savings disappear. I want to share with you a unique investment opportunity that's not only protecting retirement savings, but investors are seeing consistent yields and growth. Phoenix Capital Group is offering high value U.S. oil and gas investments. Through their corporate bonds it's a way for people to invest in energy assets and diversify their portfolio yields range from 8 to 12 percent apy paid monthly with different qualifications and maturity dates Phoenix Capital Group is a tech-led energy company owning in some of the most lucrative basins across America. Investor capital, along with their own capital, goes towards cash flow positive oil and gas projects. They had the choice of offering a significantly lower interest rate and paying the difference to middlemen, but decided to break the mold and bring stronger investments directly to investors. These 8 to 12% APY corporate bonds are higher than CDs or annuities, often more than double the typical yields. So if you're looking for an alternative investment with sizable yields and monthly payment options, I highly recommend checking out Phoenix Capital Group's bond offerings. To learn more, download their free investor guide today at phxonrubin.com. Let them know you heard it from me. All right, so who else is a terrorist? Well, you know it's got to be the free state of Florida. Check out this tweet I saw over the weekend from CNN. Florida boasts hundreds of miles of beaches, year-round warm temperatures, and is home to the world's most famous theme park. But political battles that have been heating up in recent months could cast a shadow over the Sunshine State's tourism appeal. Uh, Now, it's funny that they put this out there because it could, except it didn't because Florida just closed its biggest, yes, largest quarter of tourism ever, despite our anti-gay stance and our anti-black stance, and DeSantis is mean. More people than ever are not only moving here, but vacationing here. This is another gem, this one, here we go. Rolling Stone, a furry fandom con in Florida just announced it would ban minors based on the governor's ridiculous laws. Connor, leave this up for just a moment because we have to unpack what's going on here. So first off, you go, you're watching the Reuben report, you're good family people, you don't know what a furry fandom con is. Brock, what's a furry fandom con? We should go. <laughs> we, we should go. It is, look, there's a certain set of people. Who, who am I to judge? They dress up as these furry animals. I don't know, they hang out, they have coffee, I guess they maybe have sex or whatever they're doing with each other. That's fine they've canceled their convention. By the way, nobody had a problem with their convention. I think Beto O'Rourke is one of these people. Nobody had a problem with these people that dress up as plush animals and hang out with other people dressed as plush animals. And you do it in the privacy of your own home or in a convention somewhere, but you don't do it in front of children because joking aside, there actually is this, a sexual element to it. Okay, that they have sex as, oh, you're a, you're a, a Charmander and I'm something else. can you imagine how stupid everything's going to be in 10 years? I have to retire. That's it. I'm getting out of the grind. Who needs it? Um, But all Florida did was say, you can't bring children to your furry sex party. So now, but put it up again, because the way Rolling Stone frames it, it makes it seem like Florida's doing the wrong thing. A furry fandom con in Florida just announced it would ban minors based on the governor's ridiculous laws. All the governor said was, don't bring kids when you put on a dragon costume and bang some dude from out of state. Speaking of which, we played this clip last week and I had a feeling it was going to come back. But this is a woman named Aisha Mills. She's a uh, lesbian. She's some sort of lesbian. It's very exciting for her. She uh, thinks that Florida is a terrorist state. And I just love this clip and it sort of packages everything we're doing here.
4: You know, I just took my family to, to spring break in Florida recently, and I think about all of the folks who travel there for sun and joy um, and peace and restoration. And to be reminded that actually this is getting to the point where Florida is about to be a terrorist state to, to many of us here in America, certainly as a lesbian, as a black woman. I don't want to have anything to do with the place. This black
1: lesbian doesn't want anything to do with the place, even though she just took her family here and nothing happened to them. They obviously were just fine. Florida's absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. But it's on the verge of becoming a terrorist state. You know, if it was right there, let's say it really was on the precipice of becoming a terrorist state. It was just teetering, a little terrorism over here. It was just teetering. Would you be like, you know what, two weeks before, let's go to vacation there. Come on, wifey, let's go take the kids. Oh, and they also hate black people. It's a black thing. It's a lesbo thing. It's endless. It is endless. And they will never stop. So why do they hate Florida? You know why? Because they fear Florida. That is the truth. They fear freedom because our governor here, and it's by extension, our people here are the ones who are crushing the woke virus. We are crushing it in our corporations, in our institution, and most importantly, in our culture here in Florida. Nobody wants anything to do with this. And we're showing people that it can be crushed. That is a beautiful thing. So let's continue with the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. There is this guy, David Jolly. He once was a Republican congressman Uh, here in Florida. He is now a Democrat activist, but they put Republican under his name. So it looks good for MSNBC. Like if you, if you ever read an article in mainstream media, New York Times, CNN, WAPO, et cetera, where they're grabbing a Republican to talk shit about DeSantis and it's just filled with lies and, and crap. It's this guy, David Jolly. He's just an absolute embarrassment. You don't need to know him. He's irrelevant, but they put him on MSNBC and here he is Fearmongering about Ron DeSantis, because what did I tell you guys months ago? They, they are going to make it that Ron DeSantis is scarier than Trump. Trump was Hitler, but DeSantis is Hitler with the calculator. So watch out. Take a look at this.
3: David, last word to you. You and I have talked uh, a great deal about DeSantis' authoritarianism in Florida. Nevertheless, yeah. were you shocked by his announcement this week that he would, quote, aggressively go after pardons For one, six insurrectionists.
6: No, Mehdi, I say this with conviction. I think Ron DeSantis is far more dangerous than Donald Trump for a very specific reason. Donald Trump is willing to ignore the rules, ignore the Constitution, and frankly lead to the incitement of January 6th. But Donald Trump is a transactional figure. He'll do whatever it takes to win. Ron DeSantis, I believe, actually in his ethos, is a culture warrior who wants to take us back 100 years and believes he can use the Constitution to that to that end and ultimately has a very dark vision of what america will be so the idea of pardoning january 6 uh convicts if you will at this point is because he believes we are engaged in a real war that he has to win Ron DeSantis tonight a very dark figure on the political landscape far more dangerous than donald trump
1: let me be clear david jolly we in we are in a war and we are gonna win it, because people like you do not deserve to win it, and you're anti-American, sort of psychotic. Like, at least he's not screaming. You know, usually on MSNBC there's a certain set of hysteria. I appreciate the fact that the guy calmly sits there. Okay, now, he should be replaced by a black woman. I don't know why they're bringing on a white political person on MSNBC. There's so many qualified black lesbians, uh, some of them in wheelchairs, that should be on that program instead of him, but that's for the MSNBC people to figure out when they're adding up how many white correspondents they have and all that. Um, the idea that DeSantis' vision for the country is dark. He wants to take us back 100 years. Yeah, he doesn't want black people to vote. He doesn't want women to vote. Like, F off. You people are just pathetic ridiculousness. What they really fear is that finally, finally, guys, we have a politician who gets it, who is competent, who is clear, who's taken the hits and moving forward and accomplishing everything he set out to do. But don't take my word for it. Uh, Here's Ron DeSantis, talking about how Trump is now attacking him from the left, which of course is exactly what MSNBC is doing. But the idea that MSNBC and Trump are on the same side is sort
3: of interesting, wouldn't you say? Well, I think it's interesting because he's been attacking me by moving left. So this is a different guy than 2015, 2016. He attacked me for opposing an amnesty bill in the congress he did support this amnesty this good lat too two million illegal aliens he wanted to amnesty i opposed it because that's what america first principles dictate that you're opposed to amnesty he also attacked me for voting against an omnibus spending bill that was bloated full of pork and that racked up huge amount of debt for this country yes i voted against the omnibus he signed every omnibus that was put on his desk. And so I think it's odd that he's doubling down on those positions, because those were instances in which his actions did not match his campaign rhetoric.
1: Yeah, those are facts. Those are facts. And we're gonna get to Trump in just a second on his specific words on that. But DeSantis did not want amnesty for two million people, right? If you're for America first, would you have amnesty for two million people who inherently by being here broke the law? Or would you say build a wall, perhaps figure out what that pathway to citizenship is, get rid of a certain amount of people who are here illegally, figure out an entire process. But Trump, not only was he not getting the wall, he got certain parts of it done, obviously, but he did want amnesty. Trump, uh, DeSantis himself did not vote for it. Here's Trump saying he's for the amnesty for the two million people.
7: And I'm going to be over the next Few weeks signing an immigration bill that a lot of people don't know about it you have breaking news but i'm signing a big immigration bill is this an executive order i'm going to do a big executive order i have the power to do it as president and i'm going to make daca a part of it but we put it in and we're probably going to then be taking it out we're working out the legal complexities right now but i'm going to be signing a very major immigration bill as an executive order which Supreme Court now, because of the DACA decision, has given me the power to do that. One of the aspects of the bill is going to be DACA. We're going to have a road to citizenship. Okay, so that's as an executive order, not as a congressional if bill. If you look at the Supreme Court ruling, they gave the president tremendous powers when they said that you could take in, in this case, 700,000 or so people. Right. So they gave powers, based on the powers that they gave, I'm gonna be doing an immigration bill, one of the aspects of the bill that you'll be very happy with and that a lot of people will be, including me, and a lot of Republicans, by the way, will be DACA. We'll give them a road to citizenship.
1: Okay, so I'm not actually showing you that video, which of course was from 2018 when Trump was president. I'm not showing that to attack Trump. The Democrats deserve way more of our criticism during the Trump years than Trump does when it came to making any deal because Trump would make a deal. The Democrats went out of their way. It's on record now where Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi were saying we would not make a deal with him no matter what because they didn't want to give him any sort of win. Uh, but when Trump's talking about 700,000 people there, it was really two million people that they were going to give amnesty to. That's what DeSantis voted against. You know, the other interesting thing of the last couple of days, we're not even covering it today, but I'm sure some fallout of it will come over the next few days, is this debt ceiling deal where it looks like McCarthy's about to cave. And what have I been saying for a long time? It's like Republicans, it seemed like they were getting some balls. McCarthy's trying to spin it as a win, but its it's not really a win. And this is where Trump comes to odds with his own base because Trump backed McCarthy. Now I happen to like Kevin McCarthy and we will see if they maybe get some more leverage out of it, but the guys that I really like in the Senate and the Congress, guys like Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Chip Roy, Thomas Massey, the fiscal conservatives, the guys that are fighting the hardest to get us out of war, really drain the swamp. They're all against the deal, but Trump backed McCarthy. These are just realities that the Trump base is gonna have to come to, that he was for amnesty. He is for the guy who's going to raise the debt ceiling again. So there's just like a lot of information coming from all sorts of directions that people really have to think through.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system
1: uh, Here's a little bit more uh, on from DeSantis on Trump when it comes to Disney specifically, because Trump has has sort of defended Disney against DeSantis because none of his attacks on DeSantis are working. So he's just throwing crap all over the place. So here's DeSantis on that.
7: Trump, I think a lot of conservatives, you know, we kind of laugh when you hear it, but a lot of conservatives believe that a Trump DeSantis or DeSantis Trump ticket is unbeatable. Real quick thought on that. And then we'll go into some, some of the the other stuff.
3: Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that some of the things he's been attacking me on, I've been a little surprised at because he's attacking me from the left. And that really wasn't the Donald Trump from 2015 and 2016. I mean, he was a hard charger leaning in uh, on all the issues, very edgy on conservative issues, and it was part of the reason he did so well. Uh, But when he's taking Disney's side against me, I just kind of wonder, like, okay, I get he wants to hit me, but don't take the side of a multinational corporation that wants to sexualize kids, but to hit me for being taken the American, the first position, I just think is a little little strange. So I'm not sure what his strategy is, but I think he's taking positions that are a little bit different than uh, than four or five years ago.
1: Okay, so you might be watching this going, wait, what do you mean? How is, how is Trump taking the side of Disney? He's been attacking DeSantis left and right, but how's he taking the side of Disney? We'll get to that in just a second, but I saw this video this morning. This is, this is like the first thing when I opened up Twitter, you know, I try not to tweet over the weekends. Open up Twitter this morning. This is like the first thing I saw. It's going viral right now. This is a video that somebody took at Disneyland over the weekend. Uh, this is the girl, This is where the girls go. The st- I mean, it's so nuts. This is the store at Disneyland where the girls go to buy dresses so they can dress up like princesses while they're at Disneyland. Tell me if you think something's a little odd here.
4: So oh, my name's Nick. I'm one of the fairy apprentices. I'm
1: here to shop you around and make all your selections for the day. Okay. You must understand, first off, this is not a trans person. That's a man in a dress, hence he still has a mustache, right? So that's a transvestite, not a transsexual. That's not someone, as far as I can tell, who's identifying as a woman. You wouldn't keep the mustache. So why would you intentionally confuse these children? Again, That dude who is a dude can do whatever he wants in the privacy of his own life. He could actually have any job at Disneyland. He could be in a full costume. He could be selling hot dogs. He could be a guy that's in charge of the lines at the rides, all of those things. But Disney made a choice. Oh, at the outside of the store where a bunch of five to 12 year old girls are gonna walk in to get in dresses, we will have a man with a mustache wearing a dress. Is that why anyone goes to Disney to have their children confused? Again, this has nothing to do with bigotry or (laughs) or racism or anything else like that. But that is exactly why Disney must be hit. They made an intentional choice to do that. So imagine you're the average guy, the average family man who has two kids. You have, let's say you have a son and a daughter, you take them there to Disney. As you know, if you were trying to go to the Star Wars thing for a family of four, it was like 5,000 bucks a night. So they just closed that. Or actually they announced it'll be closing. It closes actually in October, but it's a tremendous failure just on the financial level. But then you go to Disney and your daughter loves Little Mermaid and you want to get her in a dress and now she's six year old. And then a guy with a mustache is like, come in, come in and put on a dress. And now like it's just, it's just entered your daughter's mind, this confusion. And that's what they want everybody to be. They want everybody to be confused. So let's continue a little bit on how it is that Trump, because he wants to do anything to damage DeSantis, and DeSantis is the one hitting Disney, which deserves to be hit, how Trump actually is now basically taking the side of Disney. He's shifting his tone on Disney. This is a tweet from Pedro Gonzalez. Pedro is a great actual journalist. I had him on the show uh, about a week ago on the panel show. He said, a poll Trump shared last month that showed him leading DeSantis has flipped. The same firm has now DeSantis ahead of Trump post announcement. That explains Trump's ridiculous truth social post about Disney today. Siding with Disney against DeSantis cost him support. So we'll get to that truth social post in just a minute. They said, one, Trump, just out. I guess Ron DeSantis is not quite as popular in Florida as people thought. I assume among other things that they don't want their social security and Medicare cut. And what he's showing you here is an interactive polls, uh, poll survey, Florida Republican primary that had Trump at 47 and DeSantis at 32. Now the second tweet here, uh, Floridians choose Trump. This is from the MAGA war room and they're showing 47% Trump and 32% DeSantis. This is back in April. Now you'll see where where, uh, Pedro was going with this. Uh, Three, interactive polls 2024, Florida primary. DeSantis, now this is May 25th to 27th, so this is the last couple days now. DeSantis is now at 38, which is plus three. Trump is at 38, which is minus five. Haley, someone else undecided, fine. And in a two-way matchup, uh, DeSantis is now in the lead 40%, Trump 39%, undecided 21%. Look, I don't like getting lost, before we get to the the other post, I don't like getting lost in all these numbers, right? I say that all the time, but there clearly is a shift. You don't relentlessly all day attack the number two guy, especially when he's a guy you endorsed, especially when he's a guy who is the governor of the state that you and all of your family members live in. Right. Also, is Trump even campaigning like he's playing golf relentlessly? Like, is he even out there? Who's working for his campaign? Like something I'm telling you, something weird is going on here, whether you like it or not. There is something there is a shift and something weird is going on here. But here's the specific uh, truth social post that Trump put up uh, about Disney. He said, Disney has become a woke and disgusting shadow of its former self with people actually hating it must go back to what it once was or the market will do irreparable damage. This all, all happened during the governorship of Rob de Sanctimonius. Instead of complaining now for publicity reasons only, he should have stopped it long ago, would have been easy to do, still is. I mean, that is such abject, meaningless drivel. Like, I don't even know how to analyze that properly. First off, Rob. How is calling him Rob offensive? Rob is a name, Ron is a name. Like, it's just nothing. Like, you've just got nothing, you orange idiot. And I'm sorry to say it, but you are at this point. Uh, so, okay. And then, de sanctimonious. It's just meaning nothing. Like, you are the most sanctimonious person ever. But, okay, fine. What is he saying? DeSantis should have done something about Disney years ago? Well, he's doing something now. You never did anything. Like, what are you saying? Trump, if you're watching this, if you're, if you're, uh, let me say something about Trump. You know, over the weekend, um, I'll tweet about this also, because I think it's important for, for people to know, for people that maybe didn't watch the full episode today or whatever. Over the weekend, uh, I, I texted Don Jr. Don Jr. and I were friends before his dad was a politician, and my and we're friends now, and my my intention is that we'll be friends long after this thing. Now, obviously, we're on different sides of these things, but I texted him over the weekend, and I said, hey, Don, I've been meaning to reach out to you, and I just want you to know that even if we're on different side of things now, I put friendship above politics, and I'll never say anything bad about the family. I actually go out of my way to say that you've been a good friend and, and Ivanka and blah, 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 blah. He immediately within like three seconds wrote back saying almost the exact same thing right back to me. So maybe we'll do it publicly and have a debate about it. That I didn't even broach that topic. Uh, but the point is there's a way to not lose your your mind completely in all of this. And I, and I intend to do that to the best of my ability. But when Trump posts these Rob the sanctimonious, I hate Disney, you should have done, like it's just, It's just nuts. So why is the whole machine attacking Florida, the NAACP, the LGBT groups? Everyone's attacking Florida, these clowns on MSNBC. It's because DeSantis is the guy that can crush this thing and everyone knows it. And what he's also gonna do in the process of it is he's going to make it so that Republicans actually, to quote Joe Biden, will get a backbone like a ramrod. And the the idea of the establishment Republican will be will be a thing of the past. But that's what they're trying to put on DeSantis right now, and he's just not having it.
3: Well, I can tell you this, there. I have not spoken to Paul Ryan since I've been governor. I've met Karl Rove once in my life. They are not involved in my political operations. So that's just manufactured garbage that people put out there online. So if people are telling you that, you know, I'd hope that they'll uh, they'll look at the facts rather than do that. You also look at my record how many establishment republicans would have sent illegal aliens to martha's vineyard how many establishment republicans uh, would have stood up against disney how many establishment republicans would have signed the bill that i just signed to ban land purchases from people affiliated with the CCP in the state of Florida. We're now being sued by the ACLU uh, for that. How many establishment Republicans would have leaned in to support our children against the Pronoun Olympics? We banned the Pronoun Olympics in our schools. We're the first state to do that. How many establishment Republicans would have banned gender transition surgeries for minors? We not only would take the doctor's medical license, we'll put the doctor in jail if they are mutilated minor. So on every issue that kind of the old guard of the Republican Party would have shied away from in a New York minute, I'm not only leaning into them, I'm winning against the media and against the left. You know, we say Florida is the place where woke goes to die because we've defeated the left on all these fronts. And my pledge, if I'm elected president after two terms, uh, we will leave woke ideology in the dustbin of history
1: clean and clear and honest. It's as simple as that. But I want to address what he said up top at that. Not all of the dominoes. You guys get the dominoes, all the good things that he's done and that he has just set out to do these things. And he knocks them down one at a time and watches the rest fall. Okay, fine. Everyone gets that. I want to get, I want to talk about that Paul Ryan and Karl Rove thing. So because Trump, and this is, this is where Trump with the lying, it's too much. He, Trump has run around screaming on truth social that, that Ron DeSantis is somehow in bed with Paul Ryan and Karl Rove. Now, first off, DeSantis just said it right there. So if it's a lie, it'll come out. But I don't think it's a lie that he has not spoken to Paul Ryan since he has been governor. That was in 2018. That's when he became governor. We're now in two, 2023, five years later. So Paul Ryan ain't part of this operation. He then said he spoke. He has spoken to Karl Rove once in his life, Okay. So it is a complete fabrication that somehow Trump, uh, that somehow Desantis is in bed with Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, by the way, who we've played you the clips before, and we can do it again. There, there are like endless, probably a hundred clips of Donald Trump praising Paul Ryan. Okay, so it's like, come on, dude, enough, enough with this stuff, and praising Karl Rove, enough with this absolute nonsense or the idea that they have anything to do with the campaign. And I see this. I see this with the Trump Twitter people all day long. Well, you see, Trump said DeSantis is in bed with Paul Ryan and Jeb Bush. And And it's like, guys, he's doing everything you want. That was the rest of the clip, right? Here's what I've done. This is what they all would have shied away from. So the point is that he's the only Republican that has not only destroyed the woke on a policy front, he's done it on the cultural front as well. Because if you're happy that Bud Light is paying the price, it's because he was showing people there's a way to fight. If you're happy that people are pushing against Target, it's because he's showing it. If you're happy that people are not pleased when they try to buy a dress for their daughter and there's a dude in a dress welcoming them into the store, it's because he showed it. And guess what? There's evidence that when you do the right thing that you'll win elections. And I suspect that's what's gonna happen here. You know this already, but from the Washington Post, 2018, what happened? Well, DeSantis barely beat uh, Andrew Gillum. It was 49.6%, uh, which is what he got, versus 492 for Gillum. That was 32,000 votes. It turned out that uh, Andrew Gillum was a uh, gay black meth addict. <laughs> and they say gay people aren't welcome in Florida. Come on, he almost became governor. Um, I think technically he says he's bisexual now or something, but okay. Uh, and then, of course, what happened last time? Well... DeSantis crushed it. 59.4% of the vote over 1.5 million votes. So there is a model. There is a way. There is a blueprint. I think the culture can shift. I think everything can shift in our direction and we just got to keep doing the right thing. I think you agree with me and that's why you tune into this fine program. Tomorrow, Phoenix will be here in blackface. We've got a post-game show coming up in about 32 seconds, rubenport.locals.com. Quick cold close for you. And uh, everybody else will see you tomorrow. That is
2: huge! That is absolutely huge!